It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, all the way down here to the man cave where, folks, I need one tonight or this morning, whenever you're listening to this. It's the two-point stance, powered by FantasyPoints.com. I'm your boy, Brian Drake, alongside Mr. Joe Dolan. Joe, it's a Friday morning or Saturday, whenever people listen to this. I just want to know, how are you holding up? How are you reacting to your fills going down in Game 7? Um, well, let's look at it. First and foremost, um, Drake, uh, just confirm to the people, we are recording this Thursday night. So Drake opening a beer, if you're <laughs> listening to this, when this pod releases at 7 in the morning. All right, he does. we don't need to call anybody just yet. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible loss. But I will say this, I'm I'm not going to miss the, the nightly stress. Like, it, it really is amazing what we do to ourselves. Like, I had horrible dreams um, on, on Wednesday morning. Just like, horrible. I woke up horribly anxious. And I knew it, it, the, the dreams weren't about baseball. I just knew that the, that's what the dreams were brought on by. And I'm actually, in a way, I'm not saying, like, I'd rather my team lose. No, that's not the case. But I, in a way, I'm just... I'm happy I can have a weekend where my wife and I can sit on the couch and watch John Wick, you know, as opposed to, um, <laughs> as opposed to what, what what we've been putting our bodies through the last few weeks, drinking too much, you know, all that. So it, it like it was a horrible loss. I can't justify it. Um, they, I mean, your bet your biggest bats went cold in the in the most important games, and that's a that that's that's how they got there, and that's how they went down. But anyway, I've had enough Welcome of life that. as a uh, Yankees fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like you know. It, it, it's it's kind of like the Eagles. Yeah, at least I've seen the Eagles win one in my lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I don't want them to win every time, but you know, I've, I've seen the Phillies win one. They've had a lot of success in my adult life, so I can't be too pissed off. Um, but it, it was a it was a bad loss. You can't you, you just oh. you, you can't you can't deny it. No, sorry everybody that we weren't here last week. By the way, I had to pinch hit while we're talking baseball for the Guru on the Thursday night. Uh, preview show with Brett Whitefield and Adam Kaplan. So I was doing that. That's a, available to our subscribers only in our premium podcast feed and on the site. So another reason you guys should be going over to fantasypoints.com and signing up. But you know what Joe and I do? We whip through every game on the weekend slate and give some good fantasy nuggets as we preview and go along. Let's start, Joe, with a fun one here because I, for some reason, have a a heavy investment into the Houston Texans. They are at the Carolina Panthers, Houston's three-point favorites. And in this one, we're not going to see Robert Woods. So I want to pick your brain. Do you think Tank Dell can kind of get some things going again? Uh, You know, we had those Big weeks two and three where he had 17 targets and everybody picked him up and then he got a little beat up. So Nico Collins, he's been a rock right now. He's, I believe, in half PPR. He's wide receiver 13. So I want to see this offense just come out and punch Carolina in the mouth. Uh, and then for Carolina, I mean, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but you know, I also want to see in this backfield, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. What's going on with Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce? I picked up Singletary all over the place. Um, yeah, and he was a guy who didn't get the waiver rush because they went on by and people kind of exactly. slipped through the cracks and that can happen. Um, he outsnapped Damian Pierce and, and out 
out effectiveness him last time they played. I just invented a word. Um, Nothing wrong with but, that. Uh, Bobby Slowick had like this kind of word salad quote two weeks ago before their last game where he's like, well, you know, Damien's a guy and he's good, but our scheme is what our scheme is. Essentially insinuating that Damien Pierce wasn't as good a fit for the scheme. And then lo and behold, Devin Sing Singletary comes out, out snaps him and outplays him. Uh, but here's the thing for the Houston offense. Uh, per our fantasy points, uh, offensive line, defensive line tool at fantasy points data, Houston has the biggest pass blocking mismatch of the entire week. Uh, against this Carolina pass rush. Carolina's pass rush has not been effective this year. Um, and moreover, the pa the Panthers' outside corners, uh, among 128 corners with 50 or more coverage snaps played, uh, Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson rank 6th and 7th worst uh, in terms of yards per route run allowed. So I think this is a blow-up spot for Nico Collins um, and a good spot maybe to get Tank Dell involved if you need him, no Robert Woods. Um so, yeah, I think this is a good spot for the Houston offense. Interesting with both teams coming off by buys, though. What is the Carolina uh, game plan going to look like? What's going to be different about it? Yeah, and you remember we saw Chuba Hubbard really get going in this backfield because Miles Sanders had that shoulder injury. If Miles Sanders returns, you know, do they kind of split things up? Do you think Carolina is maybe regretting giving Miles Sanders, that big contract, because Chuba Hubbard, for the $0 they basically pay him, is everything and more than Miles Sanders is. Or because of the contract, do you think they'd keep putting Miles Sanders on the field because they have to validate the signing? They're going to try to get Miles Sanders going, but Frank Reich said this week. By the way, new new offensive coordinator, or not a new offensive coordinator for the Panthers, but a new play caller right. uh, in Thomas Brown, who's apparently well-regarded. Well that's what... Um, that's what uh, uh, Adam Kaplan told us that he's a very well-regarded uh, play caller. They're trying to get something going for Bryce Young. But Frank Reich said they're going to use a hot hand approach in that backfield. And what, what that means is it's a uh, use them at your own risk flex play, these two these two running backs right now, especially in a week when um, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't have to use them because I know what running back situations look like, but there are no teams on by. So um, uh, I, I would imagine Sanders and Hubbard find their way onto more benches than lineups this week. Let's keep it rolling here. The Rams at the Cowboys. Cowboys, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, six-point home favorites. And I got a great nugget here from our guy Jake Tribby in his DFS Study Hall article. Dak Prescott has averaged 26.9 fantasy points per game as a home favorite since 2019. Wow. And tw Yeah, and 20.7 as a home favorite since 2022, so basically since last year. Those numbers rank first and sixth amongst slate eligible QBs this season. So if you're playing a little DFS, hey, maybe you want to put them uh, in your lineup. But we got the run-heavy Rams from a week ago with Daryl Henderson, you know, he of uh, you know the couch fame two weeks ago, and now he's in there. What do you make of this Rams offense here? I mean, we know the two receivers are a stud. If you got to play any of these backs, it, I mean, are you confident rolling Daryl Henderson out, or are you th they could switch it to Royce Freeman? <gasps> Who knows? Confidence the wrong word, but he had, I believe, like two-thirds of the backfield XFP, which is a pretty strong advantage over Freeman, even though Freeman got a lot of touches. I think a, a large part of that comes because Henderson played in the red zone. They trust him on third down because they trust him as a pass protector. So Henderson's the better play here. Um, Matthew Stafford hasn't finished as a number one quarterback all season long. I don't expect that will change against the Dallas defense. I think Henderson's kind of a low-end RB2, and you fire up both wide receivers as wide receiver ones, and and that's what you do with the with the with the LA Rams right now. Tony Pollard 
is the subject of a lot of discussion. He's running back 11 if you look at fantasy points per game. But everyone's got a problem with Powell. They say he's not explosive. He's not the running back he should be. I mean, this could be because they're trying to bang him in between the tackles, and that's just not the game he's playing. Maybe they would benefit from adding a big bruiser, maybe like a Leonard Fournette or a trade for a Derrick Henry. If Tony Pollard is out there in your league, Joe, and maybe the person who has him is a little, eh, I drafted this guy in the first round. He's not yeah. exactly setting the world on fire. Is Tony Pollard a guy you want to acquire for the second half stretch run? He's the guy I want to acquire for the second half stretch run. Ooh. Now, I'm not sure Dallas's offense is going to be a great offense. I, I, Mike McCarthy, the red zone problems are evident. But Tony Pollard is, you mentioned, 11th. I think in half PPR, he's 13th in fantasy points per game. He's second mm -hmm. in expected fantasy points. Second. So he has a massive role. The only the only running back with a bigger role is Alvin Kamara right now. So, like, I, I just don't necessarily buy that, that you know, maybe they miss having a banger. Maybe they're calling plays differently. I just think the fact of the matter is Dallas hasn't played a normal game this year. Um, I think I think uh, either Scott or Jake wrote it this week. I, I read every word that comes to our website. So <laughs> forgive me, Scott and Jake. Uh, Dallas has had one game decided by 12 or fewer points this year. Wow. That's that not normal. Weird. That's not normal. Um, and maybe this is a week. I know there's six and a half home favorites. The Rams are one of those teams that like they're spunky. You know, they're a tough out. Um, they're probably not good, but they're a tough out. And maybe the Rams give them a decent game here. Uh, and, and we see Tony Pollard actually have a decent role. I literally in a league where I am loaded at wide receiver. I just traded Amon Ross St. Brown for Tony Pollard. If that it, it, it's a it's a half PPR. I just traded Amon Ross St. Brown for Tony Pollard. I'm loaded at receiver. I, I'm having difficult decisions to make. Christian Kirk was like my five. Okay, so like that was one of those where I like I had my best running back was Rashad White. So like I needed to make a a deal for a running back. That's the kind of deal I made for Tony Pollard. C.D. Lamb, you might want to fire him up this week, especially in some DFS lineups. The Rams are allowing the third most receiving yards per game, almost 90, and the seventh most receptions to receivers aligned in the slot. That's per Tom Brawley and his Week 8 Matchup Hub article. Vikings, they're going on the road to take on the Packers. The Vikings actually one-and-a-half-point road favorites coming off that big victory over San Francisco. That surprised the hell out of me. And I'll tell you, the running game didn't look bad for the Vikings. Madison looked okay. The few carries that Akers got, he looked all right. I think if you've got Madison, a few weeks ago, you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do with this guy? Like, he's going to have no value. I can't trade him. He's, he seems okay right now. Like, I'm, I'm all right with a guy who's getting, uh, you know, I don't know, he's getting 55% of the snaps and he's running routes. I mean, he's okay. I'll say that he's he's a good RB too. Uh, uh is he? Uh, with uh, with Acres' role increasing now, if you if there's a week for it, it's this one. I mean, Green Bay is has been a team that's given up a lot of production to running backs so far this year. So, um, I think this is a great week to to try to to try to use that. But I, I mean, mm, uh, this. Uh, look, I'm using him this week. I think he's looked fine, but they very clearly were missing something, and that's why they went out and got Acres. Let me run this by you. I wrote this in an article this week. I said, in players to trade away, one of the names I listed was Jordan Addison, the oh, wide nuts. receiver one. Well, here's what I here was the caveat to that. I said his value will never be higher than it is today. It is so fair. say 
you did not draft Jordan Addison or pick him up off the waiver wire expecting him to ever really crack your lineup. He's bench depth. Justin Jefferson's going to come back soon. And if you have running back issues, and who doesn't in fantasy football, and somebody out there is dangling maybe a low-end RB1 for Jordan Addison, I, I think I'm pulling the trigger. Or do you want to hold him all season long? If I if I like would I trade him for Tony Pollard, yes, I would. But it has to be somebody like a running back who I know is going to crack my lineup every week. And and that's mm-hmm. the that's the crux of selling high, right? That's a good point to make. Yeah. I'm not being like, oh, I'm gonna trade him for uh, I'm just trying to think of like a mid like I'm I, I, Joe Mixon, eh, mm. you know, who's like Mr. Underachiever relative to his role. Like I, it has to be for a running back. I know is a hammer in my lineup every week. Like uh, that, that's what I've got to trade Jordan Addison for, but I, I, I can understand the sentiment. I just feel like, look, he's kind of fallen into, we, we haven't, they, Justin Jefferson has not missed many games if at all uh, over the last couple of years. We've never really seen like an Adam Thielen, Sands, Justin Jefferson game, but Addison's fallen into the Justin Jefferson, like the Adam Thielen role. And literally last week, he had the single highest Vikings wide receiver performance of the year, better than any other Justin Jefferson game because he doesn't have the target competition right now. But uh, and but the good news is if you have Jefferson or if you're a Vikings fan, the Vikings have kind of gotten a little spunky recently. You know, you upset the 49ers and all of a sudden they're three and four. Justin Jefferson's probably going to want to get back soon because that team's all of a sudden a playoff contender. Yeah, and per our fantasy points schedule, adjusted fantasy points allowed. Again, another great tool you get over uh, at fantasypoints.com. I'm looking at the total points allowed to wide receivers this season, and the Minnesota Vikings are giving up five additional points over expectation. Basically, what we project, they're giving up five points over that. Can we get something out of this Packers passing game is what I'm trying to say here, Joe. It was brutal last week. You know, we got uh, Watson coming up lame a little bit. Romeo Dobbs, whoever wants to start him and, you know, the forget yeah. about Musgrave. It's, it's a mess. Yeah, and I actually think there's a good opportunity here. So let me break it down for you from uh, from my mismatch report. Oh, I love it. Um, and by the way, the Packers have our wor- worst rush grade of the week. So by our by our trench numbers, they're not going to be able to run the football in this game. Uh, here it is. The, the Packers um, wide receiver Christian Watson. I'm not calling this a shadow situation, but I do think it's interesting that Byron Murphy, the Vikings corner, followed Brandon Ayuk on 71.4% of his routes last week. And he covered DJ Moore on over 50% of his routes in week six. So he's honestly been a shadow guy the last couple of weeks. But here's the deal. Um, he's exploitable. We have him as being responsible for a 13th most 338 yards in coverage this year and a 20th most 3.36 uh, PPR fantasy points per coverage snap. Only four corners have given up more receptions than Byron Murphy. So if he does shadow Christian Watson, and that's an if, uh, that's why I put a little question mark on my shadow alert. If he does, I think it's a, an exploitable matchup. What do you think about Aaron Jones? I know we want to move on to the next game, but I mean, he's got he's these hamstring the lingers. He's going to be 50-50 with Dylan. Oh. By the way, the pa- this is why this is a bad matchup for um, the Packers run game. If you... Uh, over the last five weeks, which is enough to uh, this, that's what I use, by the way, to use our uh, for my offensive line, defensive line mismatches, just to kind of like condense the sample. You know, teams are playing differently now than they were eight, right. eight, eight weeks ago, right? Well, mm-hmm. 
over the last five weeks, which removes Minnesota's disastrous performance against DeAndre Swift in week two, the Vikings um, have allowed just one explosive run of 15 or more yards, and that was to a wide receiver. It was to Valus Jones. So, And the Packers have only one explosive run all year. That was last week, and it was right on the 15-yard mark by A.J. Dillon. So the Packers' That's run awful. game has no explosiveness whatsoever, which, which, by the way, makes sense considering A.J. Dillon's been their lead back for – virtually the entire season, and the Vikings don't allow any explosive runs. If the Packers are going to protect Jordan Love, who's making a lot of mistakes now, they're probably going to have to do it by keeping him upright and throwing the football with it to create explosive plays because they're not going to do it in the run game. Yeah, per that metric, the schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed over the last five weeks, Minnesota's run D, negative 7.4. Minnesota's run D is no joke, folks. Maybe because you can throw on them all day, but uh, moving on. How about this game? I can't wait. This could be fantasy fireworks. The New Orleans Saints go on the road. They travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Uh, Indianapolis, and this is basically a pick them. Colts are plus one. But here from Scott Barrett's everything report is something that I want to uh, make sure the people know. The Indianapolis Colts currently rank third in pace of play and sixth in points scored per game. So Gardner Minshew is moving them up and down the field. Look at these numbers from their wide receivers, Josh Downs and Michael Pittman in the three Minshew starts. Josh Downs is averaging a wide receiver 13, 17.8 fantasy points per game. Not to be outdone, Michael Pittman around wide receiver 12, 18.6 fantasy points per game. This is freaking amazing. I tried trading for Josh Downs this week. Guy who had him has him on his bench wouldn't give him up. Downs is a legit player going forward yeah other thing to watch in this game by the way um zach moss is on the injury report he practiced on on thursday did not practice on wednesday but jonathan taylor appears to be on his way to taking this backfield over and here's where the key last week he handled all of their red zone work moss did not get a single opportunity in the red zone so zach moss is playing well he's going to keep playing but jonathan taylor is their back that they trust in the red zone and because of the pace of play they're in the red zone a lot so uh, that's something, and, and he's also the better receiver than Zach Moss. So uh, I, I think Jonathan Taylor's well on his way to having a very, very strong uh, end of the season, second half of the season. Is Alave going to play in this game? I would think so. Get arrested? I mean, it wasn't that agreed. It was seventy. I mean, look, it was. I mean, yeah, I, look. I mean, obviously, it was stupid, um, and he could have hurt somebody, but. I, 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 it was one of those situations where I don't think there's going to be NFL discipline. I don't think there's, and, and if there was, it's not going to be until next year, but I don't think the team's going to discipline him either. Um, the one thing I will say though, is the saints offensive line has some problems. Ryan Ramchick, um, missed last week with a, with a concussion. Um, James Hurst missed with an ankle injury. Um, but Ramchick's back in full practice. Um, uh, James Hurst, it doesn't look like he's going to be back. And here's the problem for the Saints. Trevor Penning, who was their first one of their first-round picks last year, so bad that with both starting tackles out last week, both starting tackles were out, he played six snaps. Their first-round pick from last year is the, their fifth tackle. That's how bad he's been. So that offensive line is still a problem, even if Ramchick's back this week, because they had to speed up Derek Carr's clock to get the ball out. Last week against the Jags, his average time to throw was a season low, 2.18 seconds. His previous low was 2.40. So they clearly adjusted how they played based on the offensive line woes. 
Unfortunately for them, the Colts pass rush is kind of mediocre. Um, not a great pass rush, you know, not one you write home about. So uh, just something to note with that same offensive line. And that's why Derek Carr, who always loves the checkdowns, has been checking down even more. Uh, spoiler alert, if you have Elvin Kamara, start him. He's averaging 21.7 fantasy points per game. 39 targets on the season. He has a NFL leading for running backs, 35 receptions. He doesn't have a receiving touchdown yet this year. Let's get in the box this year. Be reception, Mr. Kamara. Does he even have 100 yards receiving? <laughs> uh, let's see. How many yards does he have? He's 177 receiving. Yards. Yeah, yeah. A little more, little more than it feels like, but... The New England Patriots and that fun offense to watch on tape are heading to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins coming off that Eagles loss, nine point home favorites. Woo, that's uh, that's something. So yeah. there, I know there was some news on Thursday about Tyreek Hill. I guess he didn't play. practice Wednesday, but he's going to play. He should be fine. It looks like Mostert's going to play. You know, yeah, I, they'll be all right. I want to ask you about these wide receivers for the Patriots. Kendrick Bourne, I mean, you look at what he's doing out there. 10 for 89. Guy had 11 targets, uh, you know, uh, in week six. Comes back the next week, six for 63 yep. and a touchdown. And this kid, Demario Douglas. Pop Douglas, it, yep. Yeah, so now he's getting a ton of run. Everybody else on the team stinks. Parker, Jalen Rager, I mean, Juju stinks. So if you're in a deep league, you know, 12 teams plus, I think Demario Douglas has got to be on your radar to get picked up. Yeah, so he should be on their radar. And here's the thing that's going to be different in this game for the Patriots. In the last time they played the Dolphins, their number one, their receivers were Devontae Parker played every snap. Juju played about 60%. Okay. That was their number one and two. Last week, Kendrick Bourne played virtually every snap. Pop Douglas played 60% of the snaps. They were their one and two. And lo and behold, they're their two most effective receivers, and they scored points because they got their most effective receivers the ball. I have no idea what they were thinking. After Kendrick Bourne had such a good game against the Eagles in week one, they essentially relegated him to being their third receiver in week two against the Dolphins. I don't know what they were thinking, but now he's back to being their one. He should be rostered in every single league. Um, Kendrick Bourne and Pop Douglas, I don't like, I don't know if. I don't know if he's somebody who's a priority add in like a shallow bench 12-team league, but certainly someone who should be on the radar because he offers speed, something that the rest of them do not. Speaking of speed, Tyreek Hill, per our guy Jake Tribby, hasn't scored more than 18 DraftKings points, which is full PPR, against New England since joining the Dolphins, okay? Including week two, he only had 15 points. Jake notes that, interestingly enough, he averages just 13.9 fantasy points against divisional opponents but hold on to your seats joe 27.9 fantasy points a game against non-divisional opponents since jumping over to the fish that's crazy uh yeah it is and obviously the patriots did a great job tyreek had just 40 yards receiving in the in their in their prime last matchup you can obviously know that the eagles took some some cues from the patriots with cover two uh against oh, yeah. against the uh the eagles by the way basically doubled their cover two snaps on the season in weeks in week seven against uh against the the dolphins they took some cues from the patriots who did a great job containing this offense um i'm interested to see what mike mcdaniel does this week because it's gonna be he's gonna have obviously a few games of tape 
Obviously, the Patriots, they lost to the Dolphins, but they held their offense in check pretty well. They lost to the Bills, and they lost to the Eagles, and now there's kind of that, oh, they have that tape out on them. Well, that literally does work with the with with um, the Dolphins because the Eagles never played cover two, and they did all game last week. So, obviously, there's a book out there on the Dolphins. I'm excited to see Mike McDaniel's adjustments. Yeah, it helped that the Eagles had no safeties in that game. So, they go, we're just going to play too high safety back there and play a little cover two zone, and good luck. Uh, Raheem Mostert, let's see if he can bounce back this week. Only 45 yards rushing against the Eagles. Uh, I wrote up that he was a sit for me uh, against the Birds. You just can't run against Philly. Pretty neutral matchup with the Patriots here. I do think he gets back on track. But I want to ask you quickly about Salvat Ahmed and Jeff Wilson. You know, they're, they're kind of eating away a little bit. And, yeah. Oh, don't don't look now. Devin A-Chan will be back in a couple of weeks. No you know, maybe it might be, yeah. Do you think it's time to move on? Maybe, maybe most it's a sell in season long. Uh, I, I think I, I have a hard time selling somebody who has a huge role in this offense, but I mean, he does have an injury history and he did pop up on the injury report this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gotta watch out. You get, I always love the great line. I think guru had uh, on the morning show and he goes, this guy gets hurt so much. He gets his mail forward to the injury report. Uh, it's pretty, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good job one. <laughs> Jets Giants get your popcorn out kids this will be one you're going to want to you know tell everyone at school about the next day it's funny the Jets defense and I do write the defensive streamer article over at fantasy points cheap plug uh the Jets defense was dropped in a bunch of leagues when they went on by and I told everybody if you yeah. play in Yahoo go out and snag those dudes quick you can set them and forget it for the rest of the season especially against the Giants this week with the Jets are two and a half point quote unquote road favorites. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, people are saying he's playing better this year than Daniel Jones, who has had literally like two quarters of good football. Uh, but you want to talk about on the other side of the football with Brees Hall, where you think he's yeah. ready to explode against this Giants defense. I mean, look, he had 93 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown against the Eagles two weeks ago. Of course, the touchdown came because the Eagles let him score. But nonetheless, he had 93 yards from scrimmage in a tough matchup. Meanwhile, no team has given up more yards before contact per attempt on non-scramble runs than the Giants over the last five weeks. And Brees Hall played on 68% of the Jets' snaps in week six and saw 76% of their backfield expected fantasy points, both season highs. The training wheels are off. Stardom. Firing up in DFS. This is a glorious matchup for Brees Hall. Oh, I know. As someone who's had Brees Hall in the Kings Classic League, uh, he and Tony Pollard, my two running backs, like, let's go. I get something going with these guys. Uh, the Giants are starting to get Jalen Hyatt more involved. Super deep league. Do you have any interest in adding him? This pass game is not exactly. Not for this week. Um, but, yeah, I think they, he gives them something that that – he has more talent than Darius Slayton. So I think he gives them more um, than Darius Slayton does. The problem is I think Tyrod's just a Tyrod's always been a great deep ball thrower. It's, it's the other stuff that Tyrod struggled with. Um, I wonder if he's better for this offense than Daniel Jones right now, or at least my, my working theory is that Tyrod didn't have the opportunity to get shell shocked behind this offensive line. He kind of knew what to expect coming into the, the game. And that's why he's kind of looked better than Daniel Jones. Their offensive line is getting healthier though. Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz have a chance to play this week, which would be huge for the Giants. Nonetheless, Daniel Jones, I wouldn't clear him for contact against this defense. This would not be the defense <laughs> I'd want to bring him back against. I would, I would, if I were Brian Dable, I'd start Tyrod in this game. Yeah. Hey, Saquon Barkley, if you're starting him, 
watch for this. The Jets, per our boy Brawley, allow the second most receptions per game, almost seven mm. a game to running backs. So, you know, they don't like to play anybody else in New York. So maybe it could be a big week Saquon for Saquon. looks Saquon. pretty good, too, by the way. I think he looks good. Yeah, I mean, Saquon He obviously right now, took the right amount of time off from that ankle injury. Uh, in fantasy points per game in PPR, he is running back eight. So Saquon still you know, doing Saquon things out there. Good week for Waller. Hopefully he can keep that up. Jacksonville, the boys from Duval County, they're going up to Pittsburgh to take on Brawley's Steelers, a one o'clock start here. Jacksonville comes in a two and a half point favorite over the Steelers. I wonder if I'm sure someone much smarter than me could tell me this. Is this the first time the Jaguars will ever be a road favorite in Pittsburgh? I mean, that's I mean, I'm sure I could look that up. It would, it, would, it would take me a little bit of a a little bit of um of stat heading to do, but I I mean that seems like a reasonable proposition. Um, that could maybe be a fun maybe tweet. In the, <laughs> maybe in the Brunel years they had a road favorite. Although Pittsburgh's mm-hmm. always been pretty good, you know, dating back for forever. So uh, uh, yeah, that that that'll be interesting. Uh, th- this is something that our guys have identified, myself included, as a good matchup for the Jaguars wide receivers. Um, the Steelers have been a really good. They're giving up the second most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position, um, which Graham and Jake think it's a good bounce back spot for Calvin Ridley, Graham especially. But our our wide receiver cornerback matchup tool has actually identified this as being a better matchup for Christian Kirk. Um, P- Patrick Peterson played a lot in the slot last week. He was their top slot corner. Um, and the reason is because they were going up against the Rams and Cooper Cup. And Shondon Sullivan, who is their other primary slot corner, is one of Pro Football Focus's bottom five graded corners out of over 100 corners. So obviously Cooper Cup was going to eat him alive. Did you know Patrick Peterson held uh, Cooper Cup catchless in his primary coverage last week? Now he had a couple of drops, but Peterson did a good job. Nonetheless, he's been a very exploitable corner this year. Among with uh, among cornerbacks with 25% or more of his snaps in the slot this year, Peterson has given up the sixth most PPR fantasy points per coverage snap. So he's exploitable, but he did a good job on Cooper Cup last week. Our guy, Scott Barrett, you know, he's way into the DFS game. He loves Zay Jones this week for the Jags. Uh, he wrote that he, with a really good price of 4K, uh, you could get him into a lineup and make a lot of other fun things happen, uh, especially presuming he plays, presuming he plays on the other side at wide receiver. We got to watch out for Deontay Johnson, who popped up on the injury report. He did not practice yesterday uh, or today, excuse me. So that's that being Thursday, that being Thursday, Thursday, people, you're listening to this on Friday. Yes. So he pops up on Thursday. With a DNP, ooh, you get that, uh, some cause for concern here. But with the midweek downgrade, what's the injury? A hamstring. Ugh. Yikes. So, yeah, maybe uh, a good week if you're playing DFS to, to throw George Pickens back out there again. Um, you know, we debate this Najee Harris, Jalen Warren backfield. It seems every week it, it, we're talking about it here. I think it's just one of those things where whichever guy you got, if you need him, they're not going to set the world on fire for you, but wide or running back three desperation flex in a bye week. Yeah. I, that's kind of what these guys are. Our guy, our guy, Brett Whitefield actually thinks uh, he looks better um, this week than um, L- Najee Harris, by the way, looks a bit lighter this than he did earlier this season, which is good news. Jalen Warren PPR flex. That's kind of what these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get too excited about him. Don't get too excited about this one either. 
The Atlanta Falcons, I believe one of my top three defenses to go pick up and stream this week, take on the Tennessee Titans uh, without Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Two and a half point road favorites are the Falcons going into Nashville. I mean, uh, we're going to see, I believe, the debut of uh, Will Levis at quarterback, right? In this one. I mean, this this could be just an utter disaster. Um and and the numbers, I mean, we're we're looking at a year, year's worth of numbers here on Derrick Henry. But the numbers are still sensitive again this year. The Titans check in with our second worst rush grade of the week, which is a trench metric. Um, Atlanta's run defense has been spectacular for most of the year, Drake, but especially lately. They've surrendered under a yard before contact on design runs in their last four games and in four of their last five. Meanwhile, Henry has averaged... yards per carry in two games in which Tennessee was favored and 3.9 yards yards, uh, per carry um, in the four games in which Tennessee was an underdog. And uh, obviously the Titans are home dogs because Will Levis is expected to start this game. So um, this is in what is potentially his last game as a Tennessee Titan, a brutal draw for Derrick Henry. We can't talk about the Falcons without mentioning the fiasco that Arthur Smith oh, I gave us with Bijan Robinson. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the early in the morning cursing, but oh uh, god, and he keeps getting away with it because they keep winning games straight. Yeah, if he was in a real division playing against non-high school teams, he probably would be fired by now because he is the dumbest coach I've ever seen in my life. But here's my problem: the NFL all day long. Hits you over the head with DraftKings and FanDuel and Underdog and Prize, but you guys see all the commercials. You can't have your fans going out and buying into this gambling narrative and then BS them with this non-injury report fiasco because now they feel like, wait a minute, this is rigged. I can't win because you're withholding information from me. That's wrong, and I do hope the NFL finds Arthur Smith and the Falcons for not reporting B. John Robinson's injury. Yeah. That said. Right. If it happens during the game, that's fair game. It didn't happen during the game. Yeah. And, oh, he was so sick that you put him in for garbage time fourth quarter carries? Give me a break. Yeah. I was listening to Hanson. He's way into Bijan this week. He thinks Bijan's going to have a great game. And who knows? Maybe they they try to make it up to the, the fantasy community. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can see that happening. But Arthur Smith is also one of these guys who loves the – loves – I mean, he sticks his head between his legs, and he takes a huge whiff, man. He loves his own musk. Like, and, and I wonder if it's just be like, oh, Bijan's fine this week. Here's Cordero Patterson starting the game. Now, nah, I'm into Bijan this week, though. Um, I, I agree. Atlanta's a, a favorite. I think Bijan's fine. I don't think there's any reason to think this is a long term issue for him. Here's another great DFS nugget for you guys out there. Drake London is, uh, since week two, is the wide receiver 14 by fantasy points per game and the wide receiver 12 by targets per game. Okay. On DK this week, he's wide receiver 30 in price. Maybe there's something to go. Uh, and you, uh, nobody runs on Tennessee, so they're going to be throwing. Yeah, um, Tennessee's run defense has been a little more exploitable this year, but Christian Fulton, the corner, one of the worst in our metrics. So this is a guy that Drake London is certainly a guy I'm into this week. Oh, I like that. Let's keep it rolling here. You're listening to Drake and Dolan. It's the two-point stance. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Again, we don't call it X. You know, we're old boomers here. At Drake Fantasy, at FG underscore Dolan. And the house account at Fantasy PTS. 
Our Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to go to the nation's capital and take on the Washington Commanders. Eagles are seven-point road favorites here. I would actually bet the Commanders in this because they always play the Eagles tough. Uh, it was a tough early season game. Remember last year the Commanders came into Philly and beat them. I don't know. I, I just I hate when they play the Commanders because it's always some ugly game. Uh, but Sam Eagles Howell's getting friends. sacked. He's on pace, I think, to get sacked a hundred times this year. If so, the Eagles don't light him up, I mean, we've got a problem. Let, let, let me let me give you the facts, though. I think the Eagles' defense is a lot better now than it was even three weeks ago. Week four, week it was four weeks ago when they played them. Um, this is here is the stat for Sam Howell. He's on pace to be sacked ninety-seven times. The <laughs> NFL the NFL record is seventy-six. By David they might get Carr. that by the half. Now, of course, there's there's one more game, which is a like, small caveat here. I went through the numbers, and and, and honestly, I, I understand, and this is a perfect sacks or quarterback stat number because Peyton Manning is obviously one of the greats, if not the great, in terms of sack avoidance. Probably the best. I always said his best offensive lineman was himself, but Peyton Manning was sacked 21 or more times in five of his 17 NFL seasons. So literally, Sam Howell is on pace to get sacked the most times of anyone in NFL history, plus <laughs> one of Peyton Manning's five worst seasons in the sack department ever. That is how much he is on pace to get sacked. Um, it's staggering. And even in that game, that in, honestly, the last game that Sam Howell actually played well was against the Eagles in week four. The Eagles got him five times. They just couldn't cover. And now they get Kevin Byard. Uh, the, the the corners are a little bit healthier. You know, they they had they worked out a good rotation against the, the Dolphins. It could be problematic for, for Washington here. Sticking with Washington, Brian Robinson played a season low 42% of snaps in week seven. Chris Rodriguez, he's yeah. a rookie. I believe he went to Kentucky. Six-round pick. And he had seven carries here. So now we got three backs in the mix. I, I'm never in on Robinson because I just don't think he's that dynamic in, in the past game, but this is a mess. I mean, if you get a Brian Robinson owner, what do you do at this point? Uh, I think you have to sit him. I mean, this week, he actually had a long touchdown run against the Eagles last time, but I think you have to sit him this week. I mean, look, the Eagles just contained Raheem Mostert, and who's been the, who was the RB1 in fantasy football. So, no, I think you sit Brian Robinson because this could be a three-man rotation. And three-man backfields are never good, but especially on teams that aren't very good themselves. What are we doing with Devontae Smith here? I mean, here's his yardage the last three weeks. 49, 44, and 6. Oof. I mean, if you really take out his week two that went, he went for a buck 31 and a touchdown, he's had a horrible season yardage-wise. Yeah, I think just A.J. Brown's on an all-time heater right now. I mean, I really think that's what it is. Uh, and Devontae will get his. He's had some uncharacteristic drops like against the like against the Jets, but I think he's on an all-time heater. And I think A.J. Brown's going to continue to be on an all-time heater, even though poor Emmanuel Forbes uh, is not going to be out there to get victimized again because the, the commander benched him after what A.J. Brown did to him. And if you bought low or just sat on Dallas Goddard, you've been rewarded with a couple of top five weeks in two of the last three, so it's good to see them getting him back in the mix the cleveland browns travel to the pacific northwest to listen to nirvana and drink some coffee for a 405 start with the seahawks where the seahawks are three and a half point home favorites in this one deshaun watson is not going to play in this game it. i mean deshaun watson's like i'll play when i'm ready blah, blah, blah. 
I've said on Twitter, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play. Uh, he, if for you wrestling fans out there, you'll get this reference. He is pulling the Shawn Michaels. I've lost my smile. And I don't think we're going to see Deshaun Watson play for the rest of the season. Uh, so beyond him, Kareem Hunt was DNP on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if you have the Thursday update on him. Uh, should be okay because we're not going to see any of Jerome Ford. So, you know, at PJ Walker time out here in Cleveland, uh, anything you got on this it, Cleveland it, offense? Miles Garrett's going to be the defensive player of the year. They cannot waste this on PJ Walker if Deshaun Watson's going to be out for an extended period of time. And honestly, I'm not sure they can waste it on Deshaun Watson, but the PJ Walker, like I know they've pulled two wins out of their ass with him. The guy, the guy tried to throw both games away. I mean, it's <laughs> it's bad. Um, Amari Cooper's on the road, and Amari Cooper in his career has been a far worse road player. I don't understand what it is. He just hates sleeping in hotels, apparently. Uh, but he is a far worse player on the road. They're on the road in this one. Um, I don't think it's going to be pretty for the Cleveland offense, Drake. Uh, Kareem Hunt, low-end RB2. Pierre Strong, a flex. Strong out-snapped Hunt uh, after Jerome Ford went down. He actually basically doubled him up in snaps after Jerome Ford went down. But Hunt played all the red zone snaps, and that that's the role I want. Remember, he was banged up, which, which would explain. But I'm not interested in this Cleveland offense whatsoever. Kenneth Walker averaging 19 fantasy points a game in Seattle's wins, only 14 in their two losses. Uh, per our guy Jake Tribby, their implied win probability this week, 66%. So good week to fire up Ken Walker. And we have to mention this receiver issue here. Jake Bobo basically slotted in one for one for DK Metcalf. I believe DK will play this week. Everyone's a lot higher on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know yeah. I picked him up and started him in a league or two. Hey, His still ADOT, scored. He scored, you know, hey, Steve Siffler, you don't score yeah. until you score. His A dot jumps up from games with DK from a 3.7 to a 10.4 because, I mean, his touchdown was a lot longer also this week too. I don't think, though, if DK comes back, anything changes with JSN. I think he just goes back to this yeah. third receiver role and they're playing two tight ends and Bobo becomes today the fourth before the game. Yeah, Bobo becomes the fourth. Uh, one, one stat on Kenneth Walker I like because – uh, the Browns are actually doing a very good job getting into the backfield in the run game, which you would anticipate because they have a great defensive line. But here's a stat that makes you uh, another stat to make you optimistic on Kenneth Walker. The Browns are giving up 3.40 yards after contact per attempt on on non scramble runs, which is fifth most in the NFL. They have 54 missed tackles in the run game, which is second most in the NFL. And what do you know? Who has forced the second most missed tackles in the NFL in the run game, Drake? Uh, the Browns? No, Kenneth Walker has. So oh, the Browns sorry, was, can't I, tackle. I'm literally reading a whole other thing. You're getting ready for our next game. My yeah, bad, the, folks. The, the, the Browns, I was, I was setting you up <laughs> to look smart there, and you just look stupid instead. But that's My okay. Bad. Uh, the Browns have missed the second most tackles in the run game, and Kenneth Walker has forced the second most missed tackles in the run game in the NFL. So Kenneth Walker, the Browns trying to tackle Kenneth Walker will certainly be a sight to see in this one. The reason I was... Uh, you know, kind of lackadaisical there. I was trying to find any positive stat about Denver Broncos offense for our next game where Kansas city travels to Denver. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to do in this game. Start everybody you've got from Kansas city in Denver. Yeah. The only thing I could take from this Javante looked a little better. His, Javante looks good. He's, he's just not doing anything for fantasy because he's not scoring yeah. touchdowns. Um, I think he looks great. Um, yeah, like Drake, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like 
first and foremost with Jerry Judy. This was the game the last time where Steve Smith basically destroyed him on national television. Jerry Judy got in the altercation with him. And then and then Judy went out to put up three catches for 14 yards against Trent McDuffie. Um, not happening with Jerry Judy this week. Maybe one of these guys gets traded. Everyone says it every week, you know, stash Marvin Mims. I'm going to say this right here right now. I Trust me, I'm a Marvin Mims guy. If they trade Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims still ain't doing anything in this offense. In this Forget offense about it. It's going to be bad. Yeah, I, I mean, and then on the other side, I mean, it's just Kansas City, like Denver's a horrible, a horrible run defense. You start Pacheco. Um, and if there's a receiver who's going to emerge here, it's very clearly going to be Rasheed Rice. Drake, are you okay playing Rasheed Rice as a wide receiver three this week? It's funny because I was trying to trade for Rasheed Rice before we went on the air here today. Uh, I don't trust him, but, you know, if I'm weak at the position, maybe he's sort of like Josh Downs. You just kind of go, okay, this is what it is this year. He's he's a guy that I can count on. You talk about that running game for Kansas City. Per our schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed over the last five weeks, holy smokes, this is a real stat. Denver is allowing eight. 18 and a half fantasy points over what we project. That's how bad they are. Unbelievable. My God. What a disaster. Oof. Just, just watch the game and hope for more Taylor Swift shots on the screen. Baltimore, Arizona, the Ravens coming off an ass kicking of the Detroit lions take on Arizona Cardinals team who right now took Kyler Murray off their injury report. He's not even he doesn't even have a designation for the game. Now, I don't think he's going to play in this game. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's going to play. That like they're they're r- clearly ramping him up, but I think Dobbs gets a start this week. What are your thoughts about Kyler going forward? If he's out there, maybe on your waiver wire or you know stashed him on IR. Hey, if you're a Jalen Hurts owner, by the way, Jalen Hurts has a buy in two weeks. Like Kyler Murray might be a nice guy to yeah. pick him off the waiver wire and slide in. I picked him up everywhere I've needed a quarterback, and you know the one of the reasons to be optimistic. Um, one of the reasons to be optimistic is that Josh Dobbs actually put together a couple of decent fantasy games, but he's kind of splattered himself against the ceiling, right? Just absolutely splattered. Um, and, and that's fine. He's a, he's a backup quarterback who's earned himself a long leash in the NFL as such, but his, his juice has kind of run out. Kyler's just a better player across the board. Um, so I think Kyler could be a borderline QB one. How about I, I really do. Line? Like, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, Trey McBride, like, love. Yeah, so he ran around on 54% of the Arizona dropbacks uh, last week. Zach Ertz, now he's on IR. This is a tight end-centric offense, probably because they don't have a lot of other weapons elsewhere. So Trey McBride, I, I was looking around some of my leagues today, Joe. He's still sitting there on waiver wires. I didn't have anywhere to put him. I wanted to add him, but I'm like, geez. I, I have teams I where I picked up both Dalton Kincaid and Trey McBride. Like, I mean, like, like. Dalton Kincaid, obviously, with Dawson Knox going on IR. Love that, man. I picked them both up. Mm-hmm. For Baltimore, kind of is what it is. Zay Flowers, you start him every week. Mark Andrews is a stud. The two running backs, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, whatever. I don't know. You don't really want to start him anywhere. Uh, maybe they'll trade for Derrick Henry, but it's the Lamar show, and he just gets rando dudes involved every week. Lamar right now is kind of operating like Mahomes, with the exception that Mahomes didn't have a Zay Flowers last year, uh, who was consistently reliable, at least as a wide receiver three. Uh, oh but Lamar God. right now is imagine, op- Could you imagine Lamar with Zay Flowers, by the way? Oh, my God. Uh, you mean Mahomes with Zay Flowers? 
Yeah. Could you imagine that? Yeah. He, yeah. He I mean, Tyreek great. But um, here here's the thing with with Lamar is he's he's just operating at such a high level, but the 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 receivers are not getting like the, the because they have so many different guys. Mark Andrews is their number one receiver here. But here is mm-hmm. here is a reason to be optimistic with Zay Flowers. And if there's ever, by the way, a spot to use Odell Beckham uh, in DFS, this is that spot. This is oh, it God. because here is the deal. <laughs> That, yeah, no, I'm you laugh, but here's the deal. Congratulations, Emmanuel Forbes, because we have finally charted a corner as having given up more total receiving yards this year, and it's Marco Wilson of the Cardinals who now edges him by 16 yards. Um, we've also charted Wilson as giving up the most receptions and first downs of all corners. He's their quote unquote top perimeter corner. Zay Flowers plays on the outside. I expect him to be popular in DFS, but if there is ever a spot for Odell Beckham to be Odell Beckham, this is it. So there's a little DFS tidbit for you. This is a game where every TV executive lined up and said, we need this on our schedule. 425 start between the Bengals and San Francisco 49ers. Niners are three and a half point home favorites in this one. You know, CMC just doing CMC things. Debo still out. We're not probably going to have Brock Purdy. So all of a sudden this game kind of becomes, you know, Sam Darnold against Joe Mixon. It's like, ugh, I don't know. What do you do with your San Francisco skill players? Kittle, Ayuk, maybe you're in a well, pinch, Juwan Jennings. With there's Darnold. a lot of folks out there who would say there's no downgrade at all. True, true. A lot of, a lot of Purdy haters. <laughs> right, like, so, like, this is the game for the Brock Purdy is a system QB bros to go absolutely nuts if if Sam Darnold comes out and lights up the Bengals. Uh, but it, I, it, I, it's not a terrible matchup for Darnold, but it's not a great one either. So the one thing I will say is if you, if you use Jawan Jennings as kind of like a fill-in guy, um, he's got a brutal matchup this week. Mike Hilton, the, uh, the Bengals slot corner, has allowed the second fewest yards per route run of any primary slot corner. Uh, he's also allowed the fewest fantasy points per coverage snap of any slot player. So if you use, I hey look, I started Jawan Jennings last week in a in a spot, and I was really happy. He got me ten point four points in a PPR. Not the spot to use him. Brutal matchup for him in the slot. I can't wait to see Jamar Chase against this defense. Chase since uh, you know the, the first couple of weeks when he was kind of uh, crying, complaining about his role, and we know that Burrow was hurt. Look at this nugget that Brawley dug up. Since that time, Jamar Chase, 40 for 486 and 3 on 55 targets in weeks 3 through 6. That's wide receiver 1 in that span. This entire offense right now is just Jamar Chase. Yeah, and, and like I think T. Higgins is a great buy-low guy, though. Because Cincinnati in their last game before the bye had our single highest game we've we've charted this year in terms of pass rate over expectation. Single highest. So they ruled completely. Um, they relied completely on the pass game in Joe Burrow. All right. The Sunday nighter. Uh, let me keep scrolling here. Oh, God. Is it really Bears Chargers? We have to sit through that on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is. They did not flex it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we get uh, Tyson Bagent again uh, going to play against the Chargers. The Chargers have all the talent in the world on defense, and yet they're awful. They can't stop anybody. This, you would think, is a get-right game for Eckler and Herbert and, you know, the boys here. So 
I mean, let's go. I, I, I want to see Eckler shake off the ankle. I saw him limping a little bit last week. You know, uh, it's great. Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen. You're, you're never going to not start him. And, you know, I don't know that. What else do you say here? The, the bears are terrible. They got, you know, Deonta Foreman out there and I don't trust anybody on that team. Now, uh, like Deontay Foreman, by the way, the bears, uh, uh, have blocked it up well. They did block it up well for Deontay Foreman last week. 2.00 yards before contact per attempt. Um, we have our number five rush grade of the week here for the Bears run offense. Tevin Jenkins is back. That's a positive for the Bears as well. Um, the, the Chargers have been a neutral matchup for running backs this year, so not nearly as awful as they were last year. Um, but uh, I still think it's a good spot for Foreman. The difference, though, is Rashawn Johnson's going to play. I don't think the Bears are going to be any different though um in in terms of going away from foreman they might give Rashawn johnson some looks but why would they go away from foreman after he scored three touchdowns the chargers allowing the eighth most receptions per game and the most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position but i don't know if i trust dj Moore to get there with beige i mean if you have him you probably just gotta have to start him it just is what it is uh you know if you've got him in that situation and we'll see if and when our guy Justin Fields can return for us. All right, that brings us to a fun Monday nighter. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions coming well, off. The Lions are fun. I don't know about the Raiders. Uh, Vegas is fun as a town. Uh, seven yeah, but it's in point. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. I, I'd rather be there when there's uh, no game there anyways. Seven and a half point favorites at home are the Detroit Lions. Uh, we'll see if we get Jimmy Garoppolo back from his back injury. I think he's trending that way. Uh, the Lions will be without David Montgomery again. You know, uh, this is a weird offense for the Raiders. It's, you know, you got Josh Jacobs, who was a leading rusher in the league last year. He's not doing anything. Jacoby Myers looks like a superstar. Devontae Adams is pissed off. You know, who knows if he gets traded. Michael Mayer took a you know big step back. He had great usage this week, but didn't really do anything with it. I don't know. I, I think Detroit kind of puts their, their foot on their neck this week and, and gets back in the winning column and does what Detroit's been doing all season long. Yeah, I think Detroit, this is a perfect bounce back spot. I think it, they laid a complete egg last week. Um, I think this is a week where they're going to kick everybody's ass, just like the Eagles did to the Dolphins. Um, it, it, it's all right. It's not an exact parallel because the Dolphins are a much better team than the Raiders are. Meanwhile, the Ravens, who Detroit laid an egg against last week, are a much better team than the Jets are. But I think Detroit at home, Jared Goff is a much better home quarterback, much better indoor quarterback. I think he I think he lights it up. I think he goes for 300-plus in this game. And if you want a prediction, I think Jamison Williams scores a long touchdown this week. Oh, there we go. He had his season high in targets last week, so... Uh, let's see if we can get him in, uh, to the paint. And lastly, let me ask you about your boy, Jameer Gibbs. You know, he's going to be carrying the load. I, I think I started Craig Reynolds in the league. I'm like, Oh, Reynolds is going to play that David Montgomery role. Not even close. You know, it was really just Jameer Gibbs in a game where they had nothing well, going on offense. Like, here's the other thing though. We talked about this with Dallas. They didn't play a normal game, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, they, they did not, they did not have a the type of game in which you could see what their plan was, but Reynolds came into that game um, banged up. I, I don't know what we're going to take away from that. Other than at least we saw Jameer Gibbs finally do what we thought J uh, Jameer Gibbs could do. Going forward, rest of the season, which running back would you rather have David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs? Montgomery. Oh, 
You've said that like a, a, I like mean, because like, I loved, I actually liked both running backs this year, but is Dan Campbell going to go away from Montgomery with the way Montgomery has been playing? No. And if you could maybe buy low because he's injured right now, this is a time I love trading for guys who are on buy or injured because they don't hold as much value to their current owner. So maybe you can yeah. get a slight discount on David Montgomery going forward. Well, we did it, Joe. We got through the whole slate, uh, you know, in some varying order. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody goes over to fantasypoints.com. Sign up. Are we still running our promo code, Joe? Terrific 25, baby. Absolutely. You get 25% off of what's already 50% off, by the way. Oh, my God. So, so you're getting so 75% like, off? Well, not necessarily, Drake. It's not necessarily 75% because 25% on top of 50% does not equate to 75% in, in some total. Uh, but it's close. It's like 70 plus percent off. That's Holy that's just smart. a math thing. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 70. It's 50% off. So, like, for instance, standard is $30 when it's normally 60. And if you take an additional, if you, you only got a 33 and a third chance of beating me. All right, like, um, I, do you do do you get the reference? No, I don't. I don't at all. Look, I, love I don't the look even, on your face. I don't even watch pro wrestling these days. And Scott Steiner's math promo is an all time. Oh my god, a Scott Steiner reference! You Jesus. don't know the Scott Steiner math promo. I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I can envision him in the ring. And by well, the way, no better. No, he was not in the, the ring. Uh, he was backstage. Um, the, this is, uh, normally you have a 50-50. Yes, yes, yes. He is in the metal header. Normally you've got a 50-50 <laughs> chance of beating a wrestler. But but I'm a genetic freak, so you only got a 75%, 25% chance of beating me. Like, it's amazing. And, I'll and find a link to it. We'll put it in the show notes so you can watch it. Not Steiner. No, but uh, uh, of course I got distracted. So um, you get an additional 25, 25% of, of $30 down. You get it. It's basically like 23 bucks. And that's what you get for NFL There would stand. be no math. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's unfortunately journalism. Uh, and so does Joe. The reason you go into these fields is because you don't want to do math. All right. That's uh, the name of the game. Yeah, and then, of course, I ended up in an, an entirely math-based industry. So there you go. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Uh, well, folks, always a fun time here on the two-point stance. Glad to be back with you again. Sorry we missed you last week, but I'm, I'm sure you got by with the 800 other podcasts that we put out here on the Fantasy Points podcast feed. So for Joe, I'm Drake. We'll see you guys next week on the two-point stance. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.